Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. What's going on, OTM listeners? This is your boy Ray White on the mic with Ray White. And this episode is going to have a different feel and vibe to it. Uh, this is a reflection on just the black lives that have been lost in this month of May. And I go into detail a little bit more about that in the episode, but I just wanted to make sure that this is slightly different than the previous posts and episodes that I've done in the past, but still holds a similar sentiment of reflection and action that you can take so that we can continue to no longer see this as an, an issue in our society. So... Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode titled Do the Work. So we're going to dive right into it. Um, I think this is about the eighth time I've tried to do this video. And uh, every time I do it, it doesn't work out well. So I'm just going to be honest. I am tired. This is tiring. Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey. George Floyd, many others. I'm tired. I wanted to do an episode uh, like I've been doing for my podcast at the end of each month uh, to do a recap of the previous month as well as what's look ahead. I missed doing May's because I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. The theme that I wanted to share was that people in lives matter that I, for the podcast sake, had opportunities to interview folks, I had opportunity to share my story, uh, my college and career journey to high school students, and that I am grieving tremendously by the lives that have been lost um, in both camps, both with COVID-19 as well as the black lives who have lost, who have been lost within this last month. It's <laughs> just this month. So I've gone back and forth with how do I want to do this episode? How do I want to use this platform as an avenue to express the heartache, the pain, the experiences that I'm feeling that match to others and also move people to action, move myself to action, what action steps we can take. And I don't know if I'm there. I thought I was there. I thought I was there. So why I say that, you know, I, in this season, I had a week or two where I was grieving deeply. It was hard. It was tough. I really could not function because of this space. And then I came out of it and was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting some phone calls from people. I'm having some text messages. People are on social media asking themselves, what do I do in this season? And so putting a content creation thought onto it, I decided to create a graphic that would highlight if you're white or if you're somebody asking this question. I mean, it doesn't necessarily be a white person, but the majority of the audience that I was seeing asking this question, what can I do? Being that is a question that has been asked every time somebody dies. Every time a black life has died, there is this uproar of what do I do? And there are many resources out there that articulate what anyone can do, whether you're black, whether you're a non, 
<laughs> whether you're black or you're not, <laughs> there are so many things that can be done in order to help eradicate the white supremacy and systemic oppression and justice that we've ex experiencing, experienced and have been experiencing for tr for years, not just in our lifetime, literally through the history of America, at least. Let's, we just start there, just the history of America. We're not even going to talk about the history of the world, but the history of America more particularly. There's things you can do. Created a graphic, package it up, you know, shout out to people who have help make that graphic at least uh, consumable for people to view to utilize and post it. It's been shared tremendous. That's not the point of this episode. The point of this is <laughs> I'm tired. I hate the fact that it's things like this that get people riled up to want to do something for a week, for a month maybe. And I understand sometimes it, it takes a lot, right? It's, it's a lot happening at once as a social presence and pressure to respond and to react and whatnot. But people are dying. Black folks are dying. Brown folks are dying. Marginalized communities are continuing to suffer because of this oppressive society that we are a part of and yes we are a lot of us we live in america america has a lot of freedom a lot of privileges however those are not awarded to those who have a darker skin in the society they are not awarded to people who have helped build this country off of free labor off of slavery That is a narrative that is the best being that's that has been shared, and it's very much true. You can see it in the policies, in the procedures, in the systemic structures and institutions that have been developed in the society. Who they benefit, who they don't benefit, who receives the rewards of what this country can bring, the benefits this country can have. And sure, you can say that everybody has a, the same equal opportunity to everyone else. But if we look at how we even got to this point, we see that it wasn't equal in the first place. All right, that's history. Cool. Now we are here and people. People are still dying. Folks are still dying. Death is occurring on a regular basis. It's being taped. It's not being taped. It is being hashtagged. It is being vocalized. And yet, things are not changing. So I'm tired. I'm really tired. I don't know. I wanted to make an uplifting post. I also wanted to show the realness of how I'm feeling. I go in ebbs and flows of taking action and then being a deep reflection and then seeing more of my identity dying in the world in the world continues to help make me feel like nothing it can be done in this lifetime but i refuse to have that hope like that that outlook i refuse to feel like this cannot change I hate the feeling of it is what it is, so deal with it. Like that that's a stupid mantra, a stupid 
phrasing to enact, especially on situations like this where racial and systemic injustice are occurring around us, and more particularly people who look like me, because I see myself in those who are in those vulnerable and tragic positions. So I got anger. I've been calm about it for a long time. (laughs) And I have a platform. It may not be big, but it is one. So my perspective has been, how do I use this platform to be able to share, articulate, educate, and challenge those who are in position to do something? Because we all have something that we can do. There is something that we all can do. And that means starting where we are, where we are currently located physically, mentally, emotionally, starting from this position of I have this life, I have this breath, a breath that has been taken away from those who are currently with these hands, breaths, minds, experiences, positions that we currently have, what can we do to acknowledge the fact that these situations are occurring to those who are vulnerable and then be in those places and spaces to make change in those areas. And to do that, there's a lot of change that needs to happen within us. Like the heart that we have towards how we see one another has to be articulated. It has to be communicated. We have to have the perspective of how do I see my fellow brother and sister? How do I see those who are no, who don't look like me? How do I relate or at least connect with those who are of a different position than I am? Are they a threat? Are they a brother or a sister? I had this thought. I'm a, I'm a God-fearing man. I love Jesus. I do my best to follow. I had this thought. As a Christian nation, the question that's commonly thrown around is what would Jesus do? Right? Y'all remember them wristbands. What would Jesus do? I had this perspective, okay. And y'all could challenge me on this. But I'm at a point where I don't care <laughs> about the challenge nowadays because it's like I'm tired of challenging. I'm tired of feeling like I have to defend my perspective, my thought process, my feelings and experiences to people who don't really want to understand my perspective. That's a whole nother episode. But what I what I'm going to say is this. When I think about Jesus, I think about Jesus as a liberator. I think about Jesus as a challenger. And I think about Jesus as an someone who equips others, the liberating aspect. Jesus comes into this earth as someone who liberates the oppressed, both in their systemic situation as well as their spiritual situation. You know, he's, he blesses are the poor, for they inherit the kingdom of earth, right? Like, for, inherit the kingdom of heaven. The, the idea that Jesus comes and he is sitting with the sinners. He's having dinner with them. He's engaging with them. He's talking about them and their situations and their context. And then not only talks about how they can be liberated from a physical to emotional to a uh, systemic situation, but also the spiritual aspect, too, because it's not just about their physical aspect. It's all about the spiritual aspect, too. 
you know, what would be better if I just say, let them walk? Okay, go ahead and walk. Get up. Peace out. You the man. You know? The liberating aspect is really key and important when it comes to the concept of what Jesus is doing and has been done to the world around us. And if we are supposed to be Christ-like, we need to have the lens of how can we liberate individuals who are in situations that are oppressive. Number one. Number two, Jesus as a challenger. Part of liberating the oppressor, depressive individuals in the society or in his society in his day was to also challenge those who are being the oppressors. Challenging the oppressors, challenging the systemic institutions that are putting the weight and putting their foot on the necks of people who cannot defend themselves. He talks to the Pharisees, talks to the Sadducees. He, ta- he, he turns the tables in the temples. Why? Because those institutions have continued to put more and more pressure, squeezing the life out of those who are in a very, very vulnerable position and cannot defend themselves. And coming in, Jesus, Jesus coming in from a humble perspective to be able to be a voice and walk with them and give them the tools that they need, which we'll talk about in point number three, in order to support and 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 give them life that just on this earth but also in heaven but then also talk to the people who are in power and in privilege to tell them that what they are doing is killing the people it is killing those who cannot defend themselves and as jesus stands in the gap he goes ahead and challenges them challenges them on their ways on their motives on their policies on their methods What are we doing to challenge the systemic issues that are going on today? The institutions that are continuing to put the those who are marginalized in places that are (laughs) you can they can't return from. Why is it that is so difficult for the power of you know I'm not going to ask that. I know why it's difficult for power and privilege to be able to be relinquished by those who have it because it's so good. It feels good. The rich young ruler was unable to turn away from his ways because he had so much that he gained over in life. And when Christ challenged him and said, "Give it up," he couldn't do it. Power and privilege has such a stronghold on everybody's hearts that it makes it hard to really see what can be done for their fellow people, for their fellow brethren and sister. And that makes it difficult when we are looking at positions of power and challenging them to say, yo, how you are setting this life up is not working. There are folks dying, literally. What are we doing to challenge the system? Jesus is a liberator. Jesus is a challenger. How are we liberating others? How are we challenging the system? The third one is the equipping. The great thing about Christ is that he had, obviously, the 12, the 3, the 12, and the 72. People of his disciples, those following him, modeling his model method of how to approach life and people and this earth and being able to utilize those lessons to then go out and continue to make disciples right 
He does this often. He he did it often in the Gospels. He sent them out one time, you know, sent out to 72. He sent out to 12. He sent out to 72. And then he went ahead and said, you know, as he ascended up to the earth that, you know, all the power in me is given to you. Go out, therefore, go make disciples. Right. He made the declaration and multiple times in the gospel. The fact and also he also had opportunities, too, where he told his disciples to do something about the situations around him. For example, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Your boy sits up there. He's been preaching and teaching because he has compassion on the people who are following him. And then through that, he recognizes that, yo, it's getting late. Disciples come to him. Hey, man, Jesus, we got to let these people go to go eat, right? And Jesus was like, what you talking about? You do something about it. You give him something to eat. You support him. Disciples had all these excuses. Man, it's going to take years for us to give get amount of money to feed these people, right? But then Jesus turns to the question and says, but what do you already have? What do you already have? That can be utilized to help these folks out today and feed them. They nourish them because of their time and just what they are doing in this space, which is five of those two fish, blesses them, giving them out. And the disciples had 12 baskets that they were able to uh, recoup from after distributing all this out, right? Jesus as an equipper. He equips people with things that already have to make to make change and to impact people's lives today. He doesn't say you need to continue to get more. He says, be with me and I will help get you more. But what you have is what is enough to get you started. What you have is enough to get started to make an impact on this world today. So we flip that in today's society. People are continuing to ask how, what can I do? How can I help? How can I be involved? There's so much going out there. I feel so paralyzed. There's a lot of things happening. You have what you need to get started. A lot of it has to do with what is currently in your scope of influence and context and be able to then have the perspective to go look out and see what else is out there that can be that you can be involved in. And on top of that, there's so much things already out there that you can already utilize that can be of, of value to you as you grow in your consciousness, as well as your action towards service, towards making systemic changes. Start with where you are. Start with what you already have. And continuously learn and continue to grow as you move forward into that. You have already been equipped to make changes. You have already been equipped to challenge the system. You have already been equipped to help liberate those who are in systemic issues, in the position and power that you already placed in, the hands and the feet that you have been served with and been given, the gifts that you have in order to serve, package it, use it, and help other people. Love God, love people. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I wanted to do so many different things with this episode. I might have to make, come back and do a part two. But I think what I what what I said is what I said. <laughs> and I think that, and the biggest thing here, I guess, is a challenge, right? It's a challenge for a lot of us. It's a challenge for those who I, I got. I got a couple challenges. Here it is. All right, I got a couple challenges I want to give out. First challenge: those who identify as black, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. You already know this. This is something that I also want to articulate. Take care of yourself. You are seen. You are valued. You are worthy. You are loved. And if you don't hear that or see that, 
in the images that are occurring, in the events that are occurring in our world today. Well, another fellow black person, I wanted to share that. To my non-black, but people of color, we appreciate you. Continue to stand in solidarity with you. Appreciate the solidarity that's been given to us. We recognize that there's a lot of commonalities in the struggles that we're all experiencing. And the more that we continue to come together in community, the easier we're able to see the systemic issues and this oppression that is occurring beyond just the fact of it happening to certain people groups, but the, those who are of color, those who have been experiencing in their own ways, we have to continue to educate ourselves of how the experience manifests itself in different contexts and cultures, but find the common thread in order for us to have the same tactics and skill sets to be able to combat them. Because if one ain't free, we all, we, we all ain't free. All right? To my white folks, I love y'all too. <laughs> May not sound like it, but I do love you. I love the fact that there's a lot of folks who are wanting to be allies, coming in aid, doing what they can, wanting to ask questions and wanting to be in, in, in some sort of a space where they can be, do their part. I get it. I love it. There's a lot of detail out there. If you go on social media right now, you will see anything, everything that will help educate what you can do as an ally in these spaces. The one thing I will share to you is you have to challenge yourself, your friends, your systems, the, the, the institutions, whatever you're a part of, it is imperative that you help challenge what institutions you are involved in the spaces that you're involved in, that you are challenging the rhetoric, the policies, the procedures, the perspectives that are, been, that are given in this context and space. If I say it, it sounds different. If you say it, it sounds different. That's an elementary phrase, but if you think about it deeply, it has tremendous implication and power. My presence has a different vibe and feel, especially if I don't open my mouth, <laughs> it has a different vibe and feel. Your presence, similarly. So you are already in position to make power and changes. You have the privilege to step into those spaces already. Use it in a way to help challenge and change the system that you are a part of. I don't care that you're uncomfortable. That sounds harsh. That's a reality. You're uncomfortable. Okay. Work still needs to be done. It's hard for you. Okay. Work still needs to be done. Yeah. Let's say about that. And I guess the last piece I want to talk to you is those who are in a position where there's still a, a, a resistance, a, a tension that you feel within you to that makes it difficult to acknowledge the, the, the pandemic that we are in. Because <laughs> there are so many pandemics. The pandemic has been happening for over 400 years. All right. It manifests itself in different ways. We're not just talking about the COVID pandemic. We're talking about the pandemic of 
the 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 black life and how it matters in the society today the value of the black life the value of those who are of color who are continuing to die who are continuing to have their lives taken away from them their breasts taken away from them and nothing seems to be done because of it if you feel a sense of resistance in this space Don't talk to me. For my emotional health <laughs> and for my uh, uh, well-being, don't talk to me. For years, I've catered. For years, I pandered. For years, I've put myself in a space where I felt like I had to silence my own voice in order to appease. Make others feel comfortable about their identity, their whiteness, their, their perspective. Those I feel like I had to defend myself in order for others to feel like they're validated. This is a declaration that this is over. That's done. I'm not going to defend myself anymore. I don't need to defend my feelings, defend who I, how I'm experiencing, what I'm experiencing. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That just means that it's, not, it's no longer a discussion. So if you are going to come to me and try to flip the script and the rhetoric to make my feelings invalid, I'm shutting it off. It's done. I'm not doing that. No more. Happy 2020. All right? If there is a space where you're like, all right, what, what's up? I want to listen. I want to listen. I want to see the perspective. I want to understand. I would hope the education happens first. And then... After, after the education, Google University, YouTube University, you come to the place where you can want to say, okay, how do, what, what can be done locally? How do we acknowledge the identities in which that are experiencing this space and then work to take action in order to eradicate it? That's life giving. We could talk about that all day, every day. When it becomes an argument for the reason why my life matters, done. And that's all I'm going to say about that. This episode went a lot longer than I wanted to. <laughs> a lot of different concepts that I didn't necessarily, uh, I processed but didn't know how I wanted to say it. I, and I, I want it to, I want to leave it with this. We all have a responsibility in how we respond to this. Some may be outward, outward response. Some may be an inward reflection. Take that step. Take the step to really understand and articulate what this, what this time of our lives truly means, but also understand how we even got here. Take the step to understand to the, the history behind this crisis that we have been in for so long. Do the research, do the work, 
and then take the action needed in order to do what you can in the places and spaces you're influencing in. And I would hope that because that that message goes for everybody. We need to do the education, do the work on our own internal mindset and hearts, and then be able to say, okay, where can I make the most impact? What would I have? What will stretch me? What will challenge me to be able to challenge the system? All that needs to occur and happen. Now, for those, again, for those who are black, be in the space where you are not stretching yourself so thin to where it is giving you, you're literally trying to save anything and everything because we can't be in all places we can do what we can we can speak to some things but all of our energy cannot be given to being a part of so many different areas and committees and this is something i got to process too like how do i take action in what and in the community without trying to try to hold elective offices in literally every space (laughs) i got to work on that to my white folks, you got to do the work. You got challenge systems you're part of. You got to be able to understand your own perspective and identities and biases within comes to the systems that we are a part of. But this cannot be something that you flip on and off whenever you feel like it. You can't do that. That can't be a thing. We, the luxury of when to pick and choose how and when to speak up cannot be something that just becomes a hat you wear or a shirt you wear or a shoe that you decide to put on that day. No, like that's part of being a co-conspirator. That, that's part of being in the work. That's part of showing that you truly care about what is going on around you because you choose to pick up the cross. Ooh, that might, ooh, some people might not like that. <laughs> you choose to choose, you're choosing to take that part as part of your burden to help uh, 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 support and eradicate the, and, and even feel, help people feel like they're seen and feel like they have a place in this earth and that they're valued. You gotta do the work. We gotta do the work, y'all. So there might be a part two to this episode. June might be just a month of, of just working through concepts that, that are, are, are in this space. It might be something completely different. I don't know. But my heart goes out to those who lost their lives due to violence, police brutality, white supremacy, My heart goes out to those who are in the, on the front lines, those who have been in the struggle, been in the fight for years. And I pray that we come alongside those, we come alongside one another and be able to truly be in relationship with one another and ask ourselves, what can we do? What can we do together? to ensure that this does not happen again. We have within our power to do that. It requires some of us to do more and some of us to do less. It'll cause some of us to challenge and it'll cause some of us to listen, to sit, 
to be quiet. We may need to be louder as well. But these are all the things that we will have to work towards together. And I'm first one to say, it's not going to be perfect. It's a mess. It's the muck of the muck. It's not easy working through these things. And it, 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 you know, it's not easy dismantling a system. It's necessary work to do it, though, for the sake of those who are marginalized and oppressed, victims of the, of the circumstances that has been created by our ancestors, by the, by the United, history of the United States, but how do we move to a future that does not let this continue, that we can change the landscape of what has been created by the forefathers? It can be done. Do the work. Do the work. That's all I got to say.